What up, bros? Welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And Vic, would you like to introduce yourself? Gosh damn it, bros. Sure. What? After. I, I figured you guys were... <laughs> oh, it's after? Whatever. Just go. Should, okay, no. Should we restart? <laughs> no. Oh, just, yeah, just go. Go ahead. Just go ahead. And... Oh, too late. Oh, well. It's your show. Just do it. Okay, are you sure? <laughs> okay. Okay. We are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot a bit of the nerd life. This week on the podcast, we'll be talking about some news and pops. We got a couple of new movie lines coming out, as well as some being added to some lines. Uh, with Blu-rays this week, uh, we got a, a very awesome DC movie coming out that both Caleb and I really enjoyed. I don't know about what Victor thought, but once we get to that, we'll... Have him share his thoughts a little bit. Uh, and then with Through the Wall, we got our first tomato score and somewhat first reviews for uh, John Favreau's The Lion King. And then this week's sneak peeks, we got our first trailer for Mulan, our second trailer for Dora, it, Dora the Explorer. Is it, isn't it Dora the Lost City of Gold? Something like that. Yeah. I want to say. Pretty sure. Come on, Caleb. It's not just Dora the Explorer. Whatever. <laughs> It's Dora. Okay, good point. Uh, and then we got our second trailer, or our first, or first official trailer, since the other one was a teaser, of uh, Maleficent, the Mistress of Evil. Uh, and then we'll be going over the first, or not the first, uh, the uh, top five box office of this past week. And we finally came up with a name for it, thanks to Caleb. We're going to be calling it What's in the Box. <laughs> Dude, I'm so proud of that name. That, that is pretty good. I like it. I love it. Uh, and then with our main event of the evening, with our help with help from our friend Victor, we'll be breaking down Spider-Man Far From Home. Let's do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, what do you guys say we get started? Let's do it. All right. All right, so first up in pop news, we got some new Hocus Pocus <clears throat> pops coming out, which I'm really confused a little bit by this line, uh, because they're, re I guess, re-releasing the three-pack that Spirit Halloween had last year. I didn't think they were in a three-pack. They were online. Oh. So I guess they're releasing the three-pack into uh, well, wait, no, yeah, they were oh. single. Oh yeah, they were single, but they were selling them as a three set, and you like you could save some money on the website. Yeah, that's how pops that. work. You yeah. buy okay, but you three, save... and then they're a set. Okay, these ones are coming in a three. Okay, pack. Okay, smartass. <laughs> okay, no, I'm saying if you bought like the three at the same time in this like certain bundle that uh, Spirit Halloween had online, you saved even more money than you would have if you bought them in the store buying the three. Does that make sense? I feel like you overcomplicated that a little well, bit. Well, sure. <laughs> okay, I didn't. So, like, if you buy them separately, they just give you a deal, or like they knock up the price down, or something for buying all of them. Yes, but I feel like they knocked it down even more so if you bought them online. But then you had to pay for it when it came to shipping. Yeah, yeah so it kind of just evened out. Yeah, exactly. In essence, you probably even paid more online. Um, yes. so I didn't. I didn't think about 
them being okay i didn't think about them being in a three pack okay like that didn't click in my mind okay i'm a little it says three i'm a little i'm a little slow okay (laughs) okay uh and then we got a uh movie moment which i guess is going to spencer's gifts i guess spencer yeah perfect i don't know if this is going to be online though because i've never seen any pops in their store Ooh, that's true. Yeah, a movie moment from Hocus Pocus. Yes, it's when uh, the Sanderson sisters are standing around uh, the cauldron. So, ah, yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty, pretty bitchin' looking. Figure. I, I really want it, but it's probably gonna be like fifty bucks. Probably, it's probably gonna be a little higher because it's coming from Spencer's. That's true. Well, f my life. <laughs> All right, next up, we got some new Nightmare Before Christmas pops coming out. We got, I don't even know some of these characters. Uh, We got Jack Skellington wearing a a cool-ass cape. Was that even in the movie? I don't think he wore a cape in the movie. Okay, it's like, yeah, it's like Jack Skellington dressed up like a vampire. Doesn't it look like that? It very much does. Okay. Uh, And then we got the... uh, I don't know the, what is that one? I, I don't know the names okay, of these I'm, characters. I, dude. I'm gonna go with like the 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 ocean monster. I don't know or the I don't know, <laughs> I don't know these the swamp monster thing. Yeah, that yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's what I meant. Swamp monster. Uh, and then like the little, it's uh, I think it's okay. So, I don't know how to explain the scene. You know, like that kind of like big kid. The husky one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, remember like that mummy uh, character that's always with him? Okay, so they're releasing that. Yeah. Oh, the little mummy? Okay. Yeah. Uh, And then one of the uh, witches. Cool. Yeah. I kind of want the witch. Uh, I'm good with none of them. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And then we got uh, Jack Skellington holding his uh, self-portrait. You remember that scene? Like when uh, he uh, he basically uh, draws uh, another one, but he's dressed up as Santa Claus. You remember that scene? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then he's like I, sitting in his chair. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess it's gonna be where it's that, and then he comes with a ha- uh, his uh, house too. Oh, that's cool. That is really cool. And then I kind of want this really bad, but this is like the first ten-inch pop I've seen going to Walmart. We're getting a Oogie Boogie ten inch. I like it. Dude, his like song is like the best. In the movie? Yeah. Honestly, my favorite song from uh Nightmare Before Christmas is Kidnap the Sandy Claus. Really? Yeah, that that's my favorite good. song. That's I annoying. love that song. You're annoying. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that that's like the best one or my favorite, but I do like that song. See, Vic gets it. Whatever, forget you guys. <laughs> um, and then we got some uh, pocket pops coming out, as well as a pop pen. We got a uh, box lunch exclusive Jack Skellington, where he just has his arm out. Uh, and then we got a diamond collection. Uh, oh my goodness, I just legit forgot this character's name. Oh, you're going to reference fail me. I was just about to ask if that counts as a reference. Oh, oh, it shit. totally does if he doesn't remember the name. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Um, 
Zero. You got like five Damn it. <laughs> uh, the you dime- forgot the dog's yeah, name? Yeah, I did. I don't know why. I was thinking like Sparky, but that's Frank and Weenie. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, Damn. <laughs> we're getting the diamond collections. Uh, oh my gosh, zero. <laughs> I forgot it the second time. Zero uh, Pocket Pop. That's pretty cool. And his nose is a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. And then uh, we'll be getting a Jack Skellington uh, pop him. So, yeah. Um, and then cool. I don't have any desire to collect any of the Nightmare Before Christmas. I The only ones that I really would have wanted, but I never got them, I, I, I'm hoping that they're not expensive, is Shock, Lock, and Barrel. Did they I, come in a three-pack? No. They were all single. You yeah, think they they'd put them in a three-pack, right? You would think. But no, they did not. All right, next up, we got uh, Big, which I, I think is a new line. I don't think they've ever made Big Pops. Um, let's see. First up, we got the classic Tom Hanks on the piano. I really yeah. want that one. We're getting a shit ton of Tom Hanks I'm okay figures. with that. I am okay with that, <laughs> uh, considering he's my favorite actor. Um, I get Tom Hanks in a huge suit. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're... I don't remember, remember him wearing a big suit. I don't either. I haven't seen Big in years. I haven't either. Um, that's one you should do on your show. That's when he like first. Wait, what? B- with Victor. That's one you should do on your show. Oh, you're saying yeah that we should review one. We should review Big on the show. Oh, yeah, I can actually. Actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea. That's an old. Should movie. we right. maybe also Force Gump? Force Gump. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be a good one too. Yeah. That would be a good one. Uh, and then we're getting a, a six six inch Zoltar pop. That looks pretty cool. That one is pretty cool. Not one I think I'd get though. You know, I don't know if it. I don't know if these ones count or if they've already been out. But I saw some um, for the Office. They had some Office pops. That is true. Yeah, those are um, coming out. Um, I saw those. I think it was yesterday. It might have been last night that I saw those. Uh, they have like Michael Scott holding his world's greatest boss cup. They had Kevin holding his his um, pot of chili just before he. I don't know if you're Office fans, but like seeing those was really like it was really cool because like I'm gonna that I just remembered that scene. I love that scene of Kevin. He's carrying like a pot of chili and he spills it. Come clean. I've never seen an episode of Office in my life. I've seen a few. Did you see the the one of? Jim dressed up as Dwight. Is you're saying a pop or no, the, the pop? That they have, that? yeah, the pop. No, yeah, I haven't. they have a pop, and it says Jim, but it looks exactly like Dwight. Isn't that like a box lunch exclusive? That's hilarious. Yeah, that's that's definitely from from the show because he does that in an episode as a prank. That's funny. Okay, and then the last one from Big is I don't actually remember this scene. Do you? He's like dressed in a white suit. Uh, I don't remember that scene either. Okay, he's holding a banana, and I don't know what else. But it's Target exclusive. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch Big. Yeah, I I gotta watch this movie again because yeah. 
Uh, and then next up with lines uh, is one that Caleb's going to have to talk about because I have never seen this movie. And then I just cast away. You've never seen Castaway? No. Ooh, actually, I'm in that same boat, though. I've seen parts. I bought of it. it. I, I haven't yeah. actually seen it all I the bought way it, through, yeah. haven't watched it yet. Uh, okay, well, the first... Okay, I guess I'm talking about it. <laughs> so the first um, Castaway Pop is the common, and it is like the bearded Tom Hanks with holding a spear with a fish on the end. And in the other hand okay. is holding Wilson, the his volleyball. Right, the one he puts a face yeah. on it, right? And yeah, yeah. So that's the common. The target exclusive is probably him earlier on in the uh, on the island. He has like the red. I think it's his shirt. Has a red shirt wrapped around his head. Uh, his beard isn't like all the way grown out, and he's holding a a spear with a crab on the end. I think I like the common better. I actually really like the common. I just like that Wilson's included in it. Yeah, I do appreciate that. You haven't even seen the movie. You don't fully appreciate Wilson. Okay, but I do appreciate Tom and Tom, Tom and Hanks. Tom Hanks very much. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can appreciate him all you want, but you're never you're not going to appreciate the volleyball until you watch this movie. Aye, aye, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're such an asshole. <laughs> I know I am. Uh, and then last up for Pops, we got our kind of first tease or like kind of leak of uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we got uh, a Sith Trooper pop coming out. Um, it will first debut at this year's Comic-Con, but then it will be released later on. Um, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It no, looks a little Lego-y. It does. I mean, it's just a stormtrooper red, but you know, with some extra lines. And yeah. Whatnot, but I mean, I hope it looks way cooler on screen, but I'm sure they'll probably showcase it in trailer two. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I'm not super excited for episode nine. I'm stoked. Are just because, yeah, because Ryan Johnson's not touching it. J.J. <laughs> Abrams is back. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on uh, moving on to Blu-rays, we got Shazam coming out this week. Uh, Best Buy will be having a exclusive Steelbook. Target will be having an exclusive Digibook, which I will definitely be picking that up, even though they haven't announced the artwork yet. Kind of getting scared about that. It better be good. Um, and then I, Walmart doesn't have anything. I believe so. I'm going to confirm that though, really quickly. If you guys, so did you? I really like Shazam. As did I. What about? Did you see Shazam, Vic? Now it's funny that you guys mentioned that today because on the radio, have you guys heard of the Mandela effect? Isn't that that weird magician dude? You know what dude? the Mandela effect is? Uh, no, no, you don't know who Nelson Mandela is. Apparently I know I know what not. it is, but can you remind me what it is? <laughs> so, <laughs> just for Caleb's sake, yeah, I get there you. Go. So, the Mandela effect is um, Mandela Nelson Mandela spent like twenty something odd years in prison, and so many people 
thought that he died in prison when he actually didn't. He's released, I want to say, like in the 90s, like in the early 90s. And he passed away ap- like after he was released from prison. Um, and so the, the Mandela effect is basically like, what it is is your brain associates two things with each other. Like, could you could you describe the Monopoly man to me? Like, without looking at a Monopoly figure or whatever. The Monopoly man. Yeah, you know who the Monopoly man is, well, right? Yeah. yeah, who the Monopoly man is. And I just realized who I was talking so, about. The, so, the cabin, Cabanero dude. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so he's so, like a bald well, dude with a big ass mustache. Right. What else? He wears Where's a top hat. Does he have a what else? Does he have a monocle? Does he have a? Doesn't he have a monocle? I think he has a monocle. Yeah. Yeah. Big white mustache. He kind of has see, like a Pringle looking mustache. See, see, he he doesn't have the monocle, but the reason why you think about that is because your brain associates it with Planners, the Planners peanut, who's also dressed very similar, but he he's the one that has the monocle. Same thing with like, um. <laughs> What is it, Jif peanut butter? Yeah, I think a lot of people call it Jiffy. Jif. You're blowing my mind right now, <laughs> but Victor. And, I, I call it Jiffy. It, uh, maybe I maybe I have it back. I might have it backwards, but so anyways, Shazam is one of those things where everybody's like saying that it was Sinbad, and then there's the one with Shaquille O'Neal as the genie, but it does, one of them doesn't exist. Like one of those movies does not exist. So the speculation is that everybody remembers Sinbad being in a movie called Shazam oh. where he plays a genie, but it's Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, now I'm remembering that movie. So anyways, it was just it's just ironic that you guys bring this up or this movie up when I just heard this on the radio today. Interesting. Yeah. Blew still my freaking mind. My, our but question. if it is the one with <laughs> If it does, if it is the one with Shaquille O'Neal, I do remember it, but I, it's been no, years. it's, it's I the mean, one with uh, Zachary I've Levi. Oh no, nope. you haven't you seen, haven't seen it? it? Nope. Wow. Oh, you're talking about Shazam, like yeah, like the, this... the recent DC yeah. movie. I'm thinking of like a very old ass movie. Never mind. <laughs> uh, no, I never saw it. You should. It's really good. Yeah. I see. I heard that, but. The DC label is on it, so I'm just like. I don't know. Eh. I think I liked it better than Aquaman. I liked it a lot better than Aquaman. And and I've heard great things about both movies, which I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it if it's like. I don't know if it ends up on Netflix, where I don't you know have to go out and pay for it or anything, or I'm just already sitting at home. Considering I'll, that I'll Warner on. Brothers has their own streaming service now, I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna end up on that. Yeah, see, I and I mean, that's it's one of those it's one of those movies where I really didn't see it being worth like not even like the five dollars for me, but that was just me. I think Warner. I have heard good things. I think about you're it, gonna change, change your, your mind, mind on, on that one a little bit once you see it. Vic Warner Brothers could have used okay. your five dollars because this movie bombed. Should- it, it was a box <laughs> office bomb, dude. It only grossed three hundred million. Oh, shit. Yeah. As much as people want to deny it, you know, it was a bomb. That sucks. I know. Oh, it sucks. I hate it. 
<laughs> not the movie, just the situation. <laughs> All right. Next up with Through the Wall this morning, which uh, not well this morning, uh, the day that we are recording, which is Seven Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone go out and get a Slurpee? I did not, and I work down the street from a Seven Eleven. Apparently, they're doing it today and tomorrow. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of Seven Eleven? I know, but it's, I don't know. They're just doing it. Okay. All right. Well, today Seven Eleven, uh, they the uh, embargo was lifted for the new Lion King movie, and we got our Rotten Tomato score, and it actually went up from when I showed this to Caleb first. I think what I say it was at fifty six. Yeah. It's now fifty nine. So it's almost Ooh. it's almost fresh. Uh. <laughs> So, yeah, it's at a 59% with a total of 77 reviews. Damn. And the critics' consensus reads, though it can take pride in its visual achievements, this reimagined The Lion King is a by-the-numbers retelling that lacks the energy and heart that made the original so beloved, though for some fans, that may just be enough. Shit. The the best part I... Well, you know, I, I listened to the soundtrack on spotify today i saw that it's it was up on spotify what'd you think and i don't know that i like the music i mean granted i'm listening i'm listening to it out of context like i i listen to the big songs you know like uh can't wait to be king be prepared akuna matata can you feel the love tonight akuna matata so i listen to the big ones so in my head i'm thinking of the cartoon and i know like kind of like what you just read. I know what kind of energy. I can see the scene. This is a movie that like when I had my my surgery for a hernia, like I popped that movie in and I watched it all day. Like I didn't I didn't get up at all to change the movie. I left it in and probably watched it a good 10 times in one day or whatever. That might be an exaggeration, but still. Got good taste I, in movies. It, it's what's well, that that is my all-time favorite Disney movie, I'll be honest. Excellent but like choice. it it uh I can see like how it's supposed to be. I can see the scene anyways, like how everything's going. And then I'm hearing the original song in my head. And as I'm hearing the music, I'm like, this is not it. But again, I'm sure it fits with the movie. So next Friday, when I go see that movie, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll like the song yeah. more. And I'm once I see how it fits in with the, with the movie itself. Uh, when it comes to Hakuna, Hakuna Matata, I don't know. I'm really liking uh, where Seth Rogen and uh, what's his name? Billy Eichner, what they did with uh, Timon mm-hmm. and Pumbaa. I didn't mind it. I mean, I've heard they like I mean, steal the movie. They're like the best, like what they add to the movie, which is mostly them because uh-huh. those two guys were able to ad lib a lot. Um, so like mm-hmm. they add a lot to the movie and they make it the the most that it can be um yeah but i mean I, i've heard visually it's amazing like if you thought the jungle book was yeah. good this movie will blow your freaking mind i'm wondering if this is going to like the same situation that aladdin is in wait is aladdin fresh no aladdin's rotten okay so I wonder if it's in the same boat that Aladdin was in, where the audience score is a little higher. Or like audience, the, and I wonder yeah. if the critics are just being really harsh on the movie. What 
Because I watched uh, IGN's review of it, and what they were saying is, like, they don't mind. They didn't mind that it was kind of like a beat-by-beat retelling. They feel like they added a, enough to make it a little original. And just how just how amazing the visuals look. Like, how you can't... Like, it's amazing that it was filmed on a green screen. Or a blue... Isn't, I think it's a blue screen that John Favreau uses. Uh, and like only like one shot was actually like when I was uh, was actually filmed on location, mm. um, but they just like they were keen to point out that just like the visuals alone make this worthy of retelling the Lion King. Fair enough. Because yeah. hmm. I think IGN gave it an eight out of ten. That's not bad. Although actually... they gave movies I hate or I love like a six out of ten. So I'm like, I don't trust your opinion that much, IGN. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they gave Child's Play a 6 out of 10. What? Yeah, but I mean, that's what Rotten Tomatoes gave it. They gave it like a 60%, so. You're a little nicer to it. Yeah, I think we we're very nice. Didn't we give it like an A- minus or like a B plus? I think? Child's Play? Yeah. The new one? Yeah. Or no, it got it, it, gave it a B. Oh, it was a B, my bad. What's wrong with you? It was an A movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Chucky. Okay. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Not that soft. Dude, Child's Play Two is an A plus movie for me. I'm kidding. It's more like an A minus. B plus. I give you a B plus. Okay. Barely, but barely. Okay. Like it's child or child's play twenty nineteen is or what was it? We had a eighty three percent. Yeah, I think the child's play two is like eighty five. Can we meet at eighty six? No, we can't. That's not the one we're breaking down. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Trying to negotiate with me, but it's one of my special skills. All right. Continue on. Yes, sir. All right. Um, so, I mean, I, so I know Vic's checking it out next Friday. Are you going to check it out? It's opening weekend? Probably not opening weekend. Wow. I'm offended. Disney needs your money. <laughs> Disney has all my money. Mine, too. <laughs> Disney, I think, has everybody's money. True. But you, they, just, they just own the yeah. world. Yeah. Anytime I buy Marvel shit, I'm giving money to Disney. So, exactly. no, you're mostly giving it to Funko, and then they like the licensing fees are given a little bit to Disney. And I'm still technically giving it to Disney. All right, so. fine. All right, fine. They're still getting a piece of that pie. True. Okay. Good point. All right. Let's move on to this week's sneak peeks, uh, where our first one we got is Mulan. Where the why is there no Mushu? Yeah, right. It doesn't feel right. I mean, that alone should just that alone should just like I don't know. We should just move on to the next movie right there, or with the next clip. I mean, I mean there's no Mushu. There's no point in the movie. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, Abu wasn't like a huge part in the original Aladdin, but they still kept him in the live action movie. How would you know? Okay, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> You're an asshole. Knew that was coming. <laughs> but you don't get an opinion if you haven't seen the original. Yeah, well, I have to I have to side with Caleb on that one. But I mean but he's he's right. Okay. 
Disney's making all of these all of these live action films. Look at Beauty and the Beast. They made the freaking candles and the clock, you know, they make uh Clogsworth, all those guys like move around. They could do that, but they can't figure out how to make a freaking little dragon. I wonder if they're the just hell? going for a more realistic point. <laughs> um like a more I'd, realistic either movie. that I'm I'm hoping that they just wanted to see what kind of reaction they were going to be getting from the trailers that they put out. And then when the movie comes out itself, or shortly before the movie comes out, we're going to get one last trailer, and it's going to be like a quick little Mushu clip. Like, just a quick, like, not even a second of Mushu. But then in the movie, he's actually in it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, they're just hiding it. Because who doesn't like Mushu? Uh, He's probably the best part of that entire movie. I don't movie. know. I, th- I think Disney's, like, come out and said, like, oh, no, this is a completely different adaptation. I mean, they're not even putting uh, in the music. So, it's not going to be a music? Really? I don't think so, from what I've heard. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely don't want to see this, then. There's no point in me going to watch that. I'm not super thrilled Okay, let me either. confirm that there's not going to be music, because I don't want, to like, someone to point me out and be like, well... Rose was lying completely. I'm, to- I'm totally, qu- I'm totally quoting you on this. I yeah, think. I know you are. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like I, I understand, understand that they, they them wanting to, but like do a more realistic adaptation. But if they're if you're gonna throw the Disney name on Mulan, you kind of got to have the music and Mushu, and all these other aspects. Like even the cricket. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know how well it's going to work out if they're going for a 100% like realistic adaptation. I feel like that one's going to bomb. Okay, so I think there will be some music in it, but it's definitely not going to be a musical. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Like it, it does have a very serious tone. It does, but I don't know. Honestly, this is like the live action adaption I'm least excited for. I I agree. So, yeah. Alright. Uh, next up, we got our second trailer for Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I, I kind of enjoyed this trailer, just a little bit. At least you, the joke at the beginning. That the was joke funny. at the beginning was pretty freaking hilarious. Maybe that's okay, the only part that seen, I enjoyed. Now, I haven't seen this new trailer, but I I'm not too I'm still not too sold on watching a Dora movie, especially one with like the Nickelodeon name on it. Like Nickel, the Nickelodeon movies, especially like live ones, like they're not really my favorite, even when I was a kid. The last good one so, I can think of was the second live action Ninja Turtles movie. See, I mean that one I didn't think was great. Really? I enjoyed Yeah, and even I that even it. that's a stretch. Yeah. At least it felt more like the Turtles than the first one. Fair. But it's just a, because it felt more pleasure. like the Turtles than the first doesn't mean it still felt like the Turtles. I don't Turtles. care what you guys say, it's a guilty pleasure right. movie for me. I enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> well, I really like have a lot of guilty pleasure. Yeah, I have a lot. I, I really do. I really like this trailer because it did show like a young Dora, and then she was eating some like eating some food, and then said like, "Ooh, this is delicious." And then she's like, and "Then she like looked off and says, can you say this?'" 
and then like her family's just kind of like looking around and then they're like uh she'll grow out of this it's just a phase she'll grow out of this see that's funny that's pretty damn funny yeah, that yeah. that they uh, address that. That's how that the old show used to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So other than that, it was an okay trailer. The animation on Swiper looked like shit. It was a little rough. Boots didn't look too bad, but yeah, Swiper did not look good. Yeah. So not super thrilled for, with that one either. Yeah, I don't think any of these I'm very thrilled about. I mean, I already have my number one. <laughs> uh, and then third, we got our second trailer or first official trailer for Maleficent: The Mistress of Evil. I like this one a lot better than the first. I do too. The only thing that yeah. I wish they would have added to this one is that I think cool line when uh, Maleficent approaches Michelle Pfeiffer's character and she's just like, "Are you threatening me?" And she's just like, "Well, do you do what? Do you know, or or do you know better?" She says, "If I didn't know any better, I'd say you were threatening me." And she's she says, "Do you?" And then she says, "Do I what? Do you know that? Do you know better?" Yeah, thank you. I I don't know. I love that clip. That is a pretty pretty badass badass line. Yeah, (laughs) right. So if they would have added that uh, part of the previous trailer to this trailer as well, I would have liked this trailer a whole lot more. Yeah. I, like the, like only the only thing that this added, added for me was a little bit more context. Yeah, I did. To I the mean, story and why you can understand why Maleficent. Yeah, you can understand why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. Other than that, I'm still, still not super thrilled. It doesn't need a sequel. No, it does not. But welcome to Disney. But that World. looks like it's, it's that looks like everything. it's more. This one looks like it's more the Sleeping Beauty like story or part of the story. Whereas the first Maleficent was like how she came to be. You know what oh, I mean? Oh shit, that's a good point. What? <laughs> no, he's saying like this is kind of, this movie's more like Sleeping Beauty, whereas the first Maleficent was kind of like the Maleficent, just a Maleficent? This one's kind of yeah, like. Yeah, so it's just Maleficent, like how she became Maleficent herself, how she became the way she is. Whereas this one, it's kind of like the Sleeping Beauty story, but from Maleficent's, more from Maleficent's uh, perspective yeah. and, and her side of the story. It's kind of like the live action yeah. Sleeping Beauty. In and, I, and I think well, that's that their way of sense, kind of they, making they, it a little bit. They went over that entire story, story in the first one. They did. I don't remember the first Maleficent a lot. Yeah, the first, yeah. Yeah, the first Maleficent is like they went over the whole Sleeping Beauty story from her perspective and then it just kind of turned into like um maleficent ended up falling in love with aurora and then like that's how like it ended with aurora kind of uniting the the kingdoms that's what it was and then this one is her getting married to philip and then like having to take on another kingdom other bullshit well, Caleb just proved us wrong, Vic. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, I'm not super excited about this. I was for a minute. I just no, came, I just came here for Spider-Man. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one out of three on these, or like rate them, or great. Dora, number one. 
Honestly, Honestly I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Dora too. <laughs> like, like which ones I'd want to see more? Yeah, like yeah, so. Out three. of these three, out of these three, what's like? How do you order them? Yeah. Uh. So your number one. Oh, jeez. It's probably think. Can uh, I give them all last place? I put Maleficent as probably my number one. And then, Fair. if I had to between the other two, because I think now that I know more about the Mulan thing, and it not being like really a musical or whatever, like the other Disney movies have been, to me that that whole thing is now just shit. But I would give that one number two and Dora three. Damn. Oh, well, I'd go a little opposite. I'd give Dora number one, Maleficent. Actually. I'd actually no, give Mulan. I'm going to give Mulan. Yeah, me too. too. Yeah. <laughs> and then Maleficent. Yeah, I'm the same three. order as Caleb. <laughs> yeah, I started thinking about Maleficent a little harder. I was like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> same. As much as she's going to try, I don't know if Angelina Jolie can save that movie. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to our next segment, which is What's in the Box? where we go over the uh, weekend box office that we had. Uh, the new additions to this weekend's box office were Spider-Man Far From Home and Midsummer, or Sumar. I don't know. How do you pronounce that? Midsummer? I think it's I think it's summer. It is summer? Okay. Yeah, Midsummer. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Midsummer? Yeah, Midsummer. Whatever. Uh, so number one was Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, weekend gross was $92 million, but I believe its three-day total was, I want to say it was actually, yeah, $185 million. So, it's not bad. Definitely not, not bad. bad. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Toy Story 4. That grossed $33 million. I really hope that, as much as, like, it didn't need to be made, I still enjoyed it, and I want it to make more money, because it's not even made $700 million yet. And that makes me very sad. I'm not 100% sure, sure it's going to make a billion. Since we're on the yeah. topic, yeah, I don't know since it's, it's kind of related to the topic, do you happen to know what the current uh, number is for Spider-Man? For Far From Home? Uh, no, but I can check really quick. Because there is, I did read something today that uh, there is a, de- like a deal kind of thing um, that Disney and Sony both have for it. And part of that deal was that Spider-Man had to basically get a billion. It had to reach a billion dollars for this movie to be considered successful. Well, no. Otherwise, if it doesn't, then I think if I read it correctly or if I remember it correctly, I got to I got to really like limit down how many articles I read about these things. But (laughs) I think it's that like uh, Sony basically will kind of take over again with spider-man oh no 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 that cannot happen like with the movies like the yeah like all the movies and stuff like how it where it's gonna go after this like they'll have they can they can keep the into the spider-verse stuff going but no they can't touch tom holland no or at least you know like and that was kind of that was kind of what the the article i think went on to or touched on a bit too was that like into the spider-verse was probably the best thing that they have produced so far as far as like spider-man hands down but if yeah so 
part of that deal is that Far From Home has to reach a billion dollars for Disney oh. to keep that. Well, uh, so the good news is, is it hasn't. Well, it's been officially out a week, but it's already grossed six hundred and twenty-one million. Oh, thank goodness! So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that a million is it's gonna happen. Billion, billion. Sorry. Billion. <laughs> thank, thank you. I'm pretty sure a billion is gonna happen. So I think I, we're I'm good. sure it will too. But we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm hoping thank it does. Yeah. Goodness. If, if Toy Story is at what seven hundred, yeah, and it's been out for how much longer? Like a week longer? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks long? Yeah. 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 Spider Man's gonna have no issues. Yeah. Yeah. True. <sighs> yeah, me worried there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In third place, uh, we have Yesterday, which I, did anybody see that? No, but I do. That is on my list. I want to see that. That's on mine too. I've heard it's good. Same. Uh, that grossed ten million. Not, not too bad. Fair. Yeah. Uh, number four, Annabelle comes home. Hell no. I still want to see. That's also on that. my list. Yeah, mine too. Because I, I enjoy. Not even close to mine. <laughs> it better be better than the Nun, because I did not like the Nun at all. See, I didn't see the Nun, but I heard that one was pretty like eh. Yeah, it, it was eh. It was it really wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, that so yeah, Annabelle comes home, grossed nine million. Uh, number four, or sorry, and then number five, uh, we got Aladdin, which grossed seven million. Not bad. And then the other new release for this week, Midsummer, grossed six million. You're keeping it to top five, Rose. Well, I'm just just because it was the other new release this week, I wanted to point that out. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm not that stupid. Okay. (laughs) Gosh. Sure. Bitch, want to go? <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. What do you guys say we move on to our main event of the evening? I say let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah, let's do it. It's time! time for the main event. Let's play game. All right. So. This week on with our main event, with our help from with help from Victor, we'll be breaking down Spider-Man: Far From Home, which Caleb and I saw with our buddy Christian on Tuesday, the ninth, right? Yep. Yeah, the ninth. Uh, when did you go see it, Victor? I saw it opening day, and then the Saturday that followed it. It's opening. So. Damn. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we also asked a question of the week that no one freaking answered. Well, I Not just even didn't you, answer because I was going to be on, the, I knew I was going to be on the show. Okay, that's fair. So I figured I was going to be on here, I'll just answer it anyway. Yeah. Good point. So our question was, what is your favorite Spider-Man movie? And if you haven't seen a Spider-Man movie, what's your favorite suit? And I opened that up to... Uh, video games and comics. Okay, first of all, if you haven't seen at least one Spider-Man movie, are you even human? I'm just saying if. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> it's just an if. So. I mean, some people haven't seen the original Aladdin, but. <clears throat> okay. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So. We're throwing fist on this episode. Okay. So. Uh, so back to the main event. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny i 
because I did, like I said, I read the question, but I wasn't going to answer it because I knew I was going to be on here anyways. But um, just before I went to go watch the movie, uh, I was over at this at this bar that I go to, and somebody asked me what my favorite Spider-Man movie was. And I told them to wait. I have to wait till I see this one, so that I, that way I could have seen all the Spider-Man movies. And right now, as it stands, I'm giving it to Far From Home. Wow. I think Spider-Man 2 still might be in my in my th- top. I think it well, still is, but I don't know. Far From Home that, is so damn close. I that comes. I was going to say that comes with some contingencies because, like, I, I, really, I really like this one. And the only reason why I think it got to me was because there's 22 other films that tie – okay, not 22, but within the last, like, I don't know, however many – Let's see, Infinity War, Civil War. So there's at least three other films with him uh, that tie into it, and especially like Endgame. You know what I mean? Like it ties to Endgame, where uh, it kind of gets you in the in the in the jellies. So I mean, you know, I think that's why it's such a good movie to me. I do though, like actually the very first one with um, Tobey Maguire. I think that's a really good story, and I like Green Goblin as a as a villain in that one. Yeah, Willem Dafoe was amazing. Yeah, Willem oh Dafoe is gosh. phenomenal. Oh, that man can so, do no wrong. So it's, I mean, I really like the story and the acting in the first one with Tobey Maguire. However, after that, I feel like it kind of started going downhill. But even with as Alfred stands, Molino as Doc Ock, uh, I mean, yeah, Doc, Doc Ock, dude. dude. <laughs> Yeah. I know. I no. Don't get me wrong. I like Doc. I like all of the. I like the villains that they that they've thrown in on that one with Toby with all the Toby Maguire movies. But I didn't like Venom. Yeah. Let's no, they could have done. Yeah, they could have done something <laughs> better with him. But you know what I mean. I I don't know. I I just feel like. I mean, after a while, you started having these actors like wanting more money and all this stuff. So it's like. I don't know. It it just wasn't all there for me. I still enjoyed them. Don't get me wrong. I still enjoyed those movies, but I think I think that this movie has a lot more uh, a lot more tied to it, which is why it's one of my favorites or is my favorite. Dude, him saying that just how much I love Tom Holland. One of his movies, I can't decide between Far From Home or Homecoming, might actually be my number one favorite Spider-Man film. Really? Because I just love him so much as Spider-Man. He is an amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Like, oh. <laughs> puns. <laughs> anyway, so let's see just how much we liked him by breaking down this movie. So you pull up that story thing. So we, if you're new I'll make it easy for you guys. Hundred percent. There it is. A plus. <laughs> like your, I like it. No bias right, whatsoever. <laughs> okay, if you're new to our breakdown system, we split the movie into. Let's say eight different categories. So first we break down the story, then we talk about the writing, uh, the acting, which we're going to be talking about the main six people that were in it. Then character development, we are only going to focus on the main person that we felt had the most growth. Uh, the music, the effects, the costumes, and then an overall genre grade. Uh, which we decided was a superhero action movie. So, let's start off with 
story. So Rose is going to be reading us basically, like, so spoiler. Yeah, huge spoiler warning right here. Yeah. All right. So, story time with Rose. Here we go. In in Extenco, I don't know. I'm already messing up. Is that how you say it? Extenco, Mexico. Okay. Uh, Nick Fury and Mariah Hill investigate an unnatural storm and encounter the Earth Elemental. A superpowered man, Quentin Beck, arrives to fight the creature. In New York City, the Midtown School of Science and Technology restarts its academic year to accommodate the students who were among those resurrected in the blip eight months prior. So I really want to quickly talk about this. So Kevin Feige came out and said the snap is when anyone, everyone disappeared. The blip is when everyone came back. So yep. just want to clarify that. In the most epic way possible. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, just watching all those other students like disappear. And then like uh, when they all like come back and like everything's just like so. Yeah. In the middle of like a there. basketball game too. Yeah. That was so <laughs> funny. Dude, I laughed my ass off when the kid with the tuba got hit in the face <laughs> yeah, with the basketball. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, the school organizes a two-week summer field trip to Europe where Peter Parker, still distraught over Tony Stark's death, plans to confess his growing feelings for classmate MJ and avoid heroics. At a fundraiser for the homeless coordinated by his Aunt May, Parker is forewarned by Happy Hogan that he will be contacted by Fury, but Parker chooses to ignore the call. Parker leaves after being overwhelmed by questions about Stark. Okay, with this scene... Did anyone else, the CGI on the Iron Spider's head looked way off? Yeah. Yes. The, like, the body looked way too big for the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also with this, like, the, the, the effects in this weren't super bad. There were, like, points That was, like, there. the only big thing I had a problem with. There, uh, the only other one I had a big problem with is when it's just Peter swinging. Uh, and he's not in his Spidey suit or anything. I could see a little bit of CGI, but other than that, like <clears throat> CGI was pretty damn good in this movie. Oh, it yeah. was. I really I liked that scene when he's talking, talking to the homeless, yeah, or with like, like doing the thing with his aunt, with how awkward he was when he was asked to talk. Yeah, and he's just like, "Oh, thanks for like really quiet, just thanks for having me." <laughs> And just, I, I love, love that because that's, that's exactly, exactly how like a sixteen-year-old would act. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. Parker and his friends travel to Venice, where the water elemental proceeds to wreak havoc on the city. Beck arrives and destroys the creature, while Parker attempts to help. Fury meets with Parker and gives him Stark's glasses, which were meant for his successor. The glasses are equipped with the artificial intelligence Edith which has access to all databases of Stark Industries and commands a large orbital weapons supply. Beck claims the Elementals killed his family and that he hails from a different reality, one among many in the multiverse. And it sucks that the multiverse was a lie. Yeah, so, so so disappointing. Damn it. (laughs) All right. Parker rejects Fury's call to arms, opting to rejoin his class, but Fury covertly redirects the school's trip itinerary to Prague, where the fire elemental is projected to strike. It appears at a carnival, but Beck, with Parker's help, destroys it. Fury and Hill invite Parker and Beck to Berlin to discuss the formation of a new superhero team. Parker considers Beck worthy of being Stark's successor and bequ... I can't say that word. Bequits? Bequeaths. Bequeaths. My bad, thank you. I took English, I swear. 
bequeaths him the Edith glasses. Unbeknownst to him, Beck is revealed to be a former holographic illusion specialist at Stark Industries who was fired for his unstable nature and now leads a team of disgruntled ex-Stark employees and uses advanced projector drones to simulate the elemental attacks and masquerade as a hero. Okay. I loved the reincorporation of these people that got this, screwed. This oh, yeah. was so cool because that uh, the guy uh, with the bald guy with the glasses. I didn't know this, but if you actually go back to the original Iron Man, he is in that one. They didn't just digitally add him to that scene. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, I, oh, okay, is that like is that what they did with the other dude? Which Jake other dude? Gyllenhaal? Yeah, I was no, gonna so say the, Jake. I know. So Jake Gyllenhaal, yes, was di- digitally added. Um. The guy from the first Iron Man wasn't. Didn't they do a back or another? I thought it was only those two that they. It was just those clips. two that got like a, like a backstory kind of thing. Yeah. Everyone else got a backstory, yeah. but they're the only two that had like a, a little clip or flashback scene. clips. Yeah. yeah. I would have sworn there was one more. Uh, no. I'd have to see it again, but I think it was only those two. Okay. But I seen it so cool that he was actually in the first Iron Man, and they brought him back for this. I know. That was. I love that. That was so cool. That was good. Yeah. Dude, when it like was shown that like Mysterio was still Mysterio, I'm like, thank you. I know. Because throughout the marketing, you're like, they're really making Mysterio a good guy. Like, really, Marvel, you're changing his whole character. I know. But that's actually like part of his origin from yeah. the comics yeah, where he was yeah. faking being a hero to True. frame Spider-Man for some shit. So it made complete sense. It made complete sense, and I loved it. Yeah. Oh. And it shows how great of an actor Jake Gyllenhaal is. Like, he oh, yeah. was amazing in this role. Dude, he killed it. Yeah. He he really, even through the movie, you really think that, like you said, that he's actually going to end up being a good guy. Like, they are changing his, his origin. They're changing just that character ent- entirely. So it was like, I mean, at some points I was, after a certain point, I'm like, okay, this is like, after Peter left and it's still the camera is still there waiting on him. That's when I was like, holy shit, he's a bad guy. Like he's still bad like he's not a good guy. So he did do a great that job. Did, yeah, that didn't click until like after like everything disappeared. And, yeah, exactly. You know, he's like, see that wasn't so hard. <clears throat> yeah. Like, oh shit. Okay. Dude, like when shit was like starting to disappear, I was like I w- he was even like, what the shit? Yeah. <laughs> and then like I was like like, but then everything, like, more and more stuff kept disappearing, and I'm like, yes! <laughs> Love it! Ah, uh, so good. Alright, MJ deduces Parker is Spider-Man. They discover that... It, yeah. <laughs> she was 67% sure, wasn't that? I think it was yeah, 67. I think, what is she, she figured it out, like, like, a like long 60, time 40? <laughs> What? Did she say it was, like, 60-40? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, they discover that a piece of debris she retrieved during the carnival battle is a projector that presents a simulation of the air elemental, leading the two to realize Beck is a fraud. Parker travels to Berlin and meets with Fury, only to realize that the version before him is an illusion created by Beck. This was like a trippy scene. It was also like really sad. Oh, dude. Like towards that, the ending. That was so awesome, though. Oh my gosh. Just like how at the end he's just like, for what it's worth, Peter, I really am sorry. Oh. Just, bam, Dude, I jumped. Train. I actually jumped at that part. Right I did too the, a little bit. Like, yeah. holy crap. When, Dude, like, that whole sequence was is exactly... Oh, that was amazing. But that's how he that's works. That's like exactly what I wanted 
that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Like, because I've played. Oh, and oh shit, it's not. Which game was it? Shattered Dimensions. You fight Mysterio. Yeah. And I love. I've replayed that level like multiple times because of how much I love just the trippiness of Mysterio, and they. They portrayed that on freaking point. They really did. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I loved it. Like, I even, like, loved how with Mysterio, like, he, where he had uh, Mary or MJ. Yeah. And was holding her. And he's like, this isn't real. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, oh! <laughs> like, I freaking geeked out hard. <laughs> I was like, no, you don't, Spidey! <laughs> He battles multiple illusions before Fury apparently subdues Beck. Fury forces Parker to reveal anyone he told of the deception before being revealed as another illusion. Ultimately hit by a train, Parker survives, albeit badly injured, and falls unconscious in a train car. Awakening in a jail cell in the Netherlands, he breaks out and contacts Happy Hogan. I'm just going to say Happy. I don't like that they say Hogan. Uh, contacts Happy, who flies Parker to London and reveals a suit manufacturing machine left behind by Stark, which Parker uses to synthesize a customized costume. I love the new suits oh, so yeah. much. Heck I love that too. I like it so much better than the Homecoming one. Okay, real quick. Did either of you also fall oh, for Lord Nick Fury, Fury taking down, down Mysterio? Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Because I 100% did. And I was just like, oh, are you shitting me? Like, is, I, like yeah. I was thinking, okay, okay, he's going to go to jail. Someone's going to break him out. This, that. And then as soon as, like, Nick Fury started, like, questioning him about who he told, I was like, <gasps> Yeah, that's where I was like, this can't be real. Like, what? But then after, that, like, it's not until he's, like, you know, saying how, like, how gullible he is. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, see, it's. Yeah, it didn't click until he said, you are so gullible. I'm like, oh, shit. But, that's, but when he's that's just like the, asking like who he told, I still thought it was Fury. And that's the beauty of, of Mysterio as a character and as a villain. Because if I – and Caleb, you, you'll probably be able to correct me if I'm wrong. But he's like one of the few where his spidey senses don't exactly work. At least in the comics, they don't exactly work so great with him because of all the yeah, they, illusions. They, I don't think they work at all. There's very few – there's very few villains that like actually render a lot of his abilities kind of useless. Like, so, it, I, know so I know Venom, Venom does not trigger his spider sense. Is it Venom or Carnage? Because I know Carnage doesn't. I don't think it's. I think it's, I think it's any, any, of any of the symbiotes. Okay. I don't yeah, think yeah, any of those them trigger his spider sense. Okay. But Mysterio is definitely one of the villains that it's really hard for him right. to figure out because with his spider sense because there's also like they're robotics right that have like projections over it so it's things that can actually cause him harm that he's trying to avoid right and it's like yeah so it's like him trying to jump out of the way of stuff that can really hurt him but he thinks he's jumping over like I don't know, like a snake, but he's really jumping over just like a robotic. It's like wearing those those virtual reality things, those virtual reality yeah, goggles, exactly. and like trying like if they 
if on there they show that there's something you got to step over, but there's nothing there or there actually is, you know what I mean? Like it, that's exactly what I thought of. But what I like about this is that again, same thing with like n thinking that that was Nick Fury. Hell that like threw my spidey senses off. Cause I'm thinking it actually was. And it's not until it's too late that you realize, Holy shit, this isn't real. Like this is, this is another illusion. You know what I mean? Like it kind of gets your, your defenses down. Don't you mean your Peter Tingle? My Peter Tingle, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to start calling I, it that from now on. Mysterio? He is actually, might be in my top three Spider-Man villains. He might he might have beat Vulture for me. He, he totally I beat think Vulture he did, for yeah, me. Yeah, I think he did for me too. In terms of like the, the like, movie, from what's been shown in the movies, or are you saying just like in general? For me, it's in general, okay. but from what, like, even in the movies, I think he's definitely top three yeah. for me. Honestly, after, because I, I did, I'd read some, like, comic comics with Mysterio, but this was, like, my first, like, full introduction to this character. And after seeing this, like, I'd honestly say, like, yeah, he's in my top three, too. Yeah. He is just intimidating as hell. He really is. And he's, he's like, like that throughout the entire movie. movie. Anytime you think that, that oh, like Spidey's got him or th this, these people got him, he just twists it on you yeah. and it's just, oh, oh. so good. So, good. <laughs> so freaking good. All right. In London, Beck uses Edith to orchestrate his biggest illusion yet, a fusion of all four elementals using it as cover to kill MJ and any others to whom she might have revealed his secret. Parker breaks through the illusion, regains control of Edith, and defeats Beck, who dies by a misfired drone gunshot. Parker returns to New York City and begins a relationship with MJ. I personally wish that they would not have killed Mysterio. I do too. I, well, hold on. Hold on. I think he's still alive. The reason I say How that is... Though? What's that? How? How? So... What does he tell? I think the guy's name's Bill, right? The bald guy. I think it is Bill. I think it's Bill. Sure. But anyways, he tells them when he's like, when he's like saying how uh, he's trying to like get the um, the monster or whatever the elemental back on or the hologram back on. He's like, it's gonna be really hard to like, you know, sell this. And he tells him, the people are gonna see what I want them to see. And what do they what do they see at the end of the movie? They see him die. They see him like make Spider-Man out to be a bad guy. So they're going to see what I want them to see. That's where my head is at. I'm thinking he's still alive somewhere. He might be injured, but I think he's still alive. And also Peter when he's standing there, he says he just asked Edith, "Is this real?" He doesn't ask. Now, here's the difference. Because I thought this the first time I saw it, I'm thinking of of Tony like think of like a Civil War when Rhodey falls from the sky, you know he asks for um, uh, what's it called like a health scan or whatever or diagnostic, anyways. But he doesn't ask that. He asks if it's real, and all Edith says is all illusions are are um, or all illusion drones are down or whatever she says something along those lines. She doesn't say that his you know that uh you know his heart rate that he still has a heartbeat or anything like that she just says that the the illusions are down doesn't mean that he's dead doesn't mean that he's alive 
I think he might still be alive. He's just he kind of his breath for quite a long time then. Huh? Interesting. And I'm, he can hold his breath for quite a long time then. Well, I mean, but he didn't ask. Okay. He didn't ask if he's breathing. He just asked, "Is this real?" That's true. He he didn't ask anything about, and that's something that I can see them like. Because think about it: if you're 16 versus like Tony Stark, who has already had a little bit of experience now with all that stuff when he was using all that. Like I said, with Rhodey, he asks like for his, you know, he's asking his if he's got signs. a pulse. Yeah, his vital signs. Thank you. That's the word. He didn't. Peter doesn't ask that. He just asks, "Is this real?" I mean, shit. That's a good point. He didn't ask what's his vi- what are the vital signs. That would have been my first thing. Like Edith, what are the vital signs? Because that would tell yeah. you if he's alive or not. They left that part out, and I think they did that. Hopefully, this is just in in hopes that they're going to bring Mysterio back as a much bigger and important villain later on down the road. I hope. I hope they do too. Yeah, because I want to see Jake Gyllenhaal back so much as this character. Dude, if they did like their own Sinister Six, like obviously, like the third one, they're going to try and throw the Craven. Yeah, supposedly that that's John Watts's hope. Yeah. If they are able to build a Sinister Six around an amazing Craven, Vulture, and Mysterio, that would be amazing. That would be wonderful. So that is actually something amazing. This is actually like a theory of mine that I have been wanting to share because I listen to other podcasts as well, and they've kind of mentioned Far From Home and this is a theory of mine that I have like been wanting to like share with anybody. So I'm glad I get to share it on here with you guys. You heard it first. (laughs) (laughs) That is a amazing theory. That is very good. Cause they did use a lot of wordplay in this movie. Cause so even with Nick Fury, they kind of gave away that it wasn't that he wasn't really Nick Fury in the beginning. At what part? So, so there's, there's a scene where, where so it's, it's near the beginning, beginning when um, Nick Fury's explaining who Quentin is. is. Yeah. And he's saying, like, okay, okay so Quentin's from another Earth. Earth. And then in the trailers, he says, just not ours. It, they changed the line in the movie, and he says, just not yours. Ooh. See, I didn't catch Ooh. that. I didn't either. You go, I caught that on. No, I caught that on. Uh, so I, I caught it on. Uh, Pinterest. It was. It was like kind of a spoiler, like something to pay attention to. Yeah. And so when that, like, that was like they said, pay attention to this scene and what he says, and then I watched the scene and I was like, okay, that's no big deal. And then I went and watched the trailer of him saying that, and he says just not ours and in the movies is just not yours so do either of you know the answer to this because in captain marvel he says everybody calls him fury but maria hill always calls him nick now is that because they were the squirrels and she's not really playing by those same rules as if it was this actual nick fury or is maria hill an exemption to that I gotta like go back and watch Mariah all the other. Hill has always been a scroll. Okay, don't f with my mind like that. <laughs> Let's stick to Spider Man. We'll stick to Spider Man. Yeah. 
Um, one theory, one, I don't know. One I'd have to point. go back and watch like uh, watch all of uh, Kobe Smolder's appearances in the MCU and see what she always calls Fury. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure she says calls him Nick. Fury. Well, a couple times she says Fury, but there's times where she just calls him Nick. Huh. If you go back, you'll you'll hear that like she calls him. Because Coulson always calls him Boss, right? Yeah. 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 Coulson always said Boss. boss. But he's not in Far From Home. Let's take the Widow always said Fury. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Um, yeah, I don't know now. But, but, uh, yeah, but they use a lot of wordplay in this. And that's definitely something that I want to pay attention to next time I go see it. Yeah. To see if, like, they, they don't. Like, obviously, they, I don't remember them talking about the vitals. I don't know. So, they don't. Interesting. Yeah. They don't. It's Holy just shit. he's just asking about the illusions, and the illusion tech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I think we need to talk about is the end when it was revealed that Talos is actually playing Nick Fury. Yeah, and then his wife is playing Mariah Hill. Maria Hill. And then they contact the real Nick Fury, who's in space. Yep. So, so, is this our, our like, because Kevin Feige already talked about what the future was going to be like with the Avengers being in space. So, is that just like a little sneak peek of what is to come? I would think so. Yeah, I would I would think so as well. But also, think I wish they would have thrown something in. But if you, just something for us to see, like Avengers yeah. related. But if you think about it too, I mean... Even in the comics, they always say Nick Fury's got so many different hiding spots. So it could just be one of those. Just another, just another hideout for him. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for, you know, what you said that it's, it's a sneak peek of what's to come. Like I told Caleb when we were coming out of the movie, too bad I won't be the original six Avengers in space, and cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see what what the future holds. I am too. I'm especially excited to see what freaking Spider-Man does. Right now that he's been unmasked, can we just talk about how thankful we? I was. I'm assuming Vic is too. That J. Jo- that J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Yes, that J.K. Simmons came back oh, yeah. to play him. I I literally oh, clapped and gosh. like and yelled when that was when that happened. That was probably I one of my favorite. Like a little girl. Oh yeah, and I did too. What's gonna be interesting too, though, is like this Spider-Man is gonna be totally different than the other ones, because the Daily Bugle was always a you know like a newspaper article kind of thing. Now it's more of like an internet, you know, an internet um, news article or news, whatever. Um, but he's not gonna now that his identity is revealed, he's not gonna work for them. So like, I wonder. I'm just wondering how they're going to play out the rest of his story because he's not going to work for the Daily Bugle. You know, he's not going to be... He very well could. What I'm thinking that they might do is just kind of to incorporate Vulture again is maybe Vulture goes and says something about him, Mysterio, lying. Yeah. And then he kind of uses that and says, okay, now me and Spidey are even. 
uh, I mean, that maybe like it's his testimony that yeah. kind of turns people or puts doubt in people's mind, and then that's just just enough for Peter to use to kind of twist it so people think that he's not. I think it that would feel like a stretch, but I mean, they could also use that to incorporate Miles. Yeah, well, he like that's what true. if so, like what if Miles like he meets up with Miles, Miles gets his powers, and then he's like, I have an idea, and then. He goes out in public. Everyone's just like, "Oh, look, Peter Parker, Peter Parker." Yeah, and then they're like, "Hey, you're Spider-Man." And then Miles comes swinging by in his Spider-Man suit, and then they're like, "Well, shit." Yeah. I mean, that's a bit of a like cluster, but like, yeah. it it's plausible as well. Yeah, like I said, it's a stretch. If they wanted to bring Miles into it. So, I mean, supposed to put that on silent. I know. Shame, shame, shame. So, is this part? So, is this where are we going to be grading the story then at this point? Where we're yes. Going? Okay. Yep. So we're where are we all sitting at? I'm in the nineties. I am too. I I think I'm in the nineties. I'm, I'm in the mid to high nineties. And I'm trying to be well. I'm trying to be as unbiased as I possible. Well. I really, really am. I'm too, but the story's just so good. Well, yeah. It no, is. yeah. And I mean, I don't want to say like hundred, but I would say like a ninety six, ninety seven. I'm I'm trying to think of if there were any issues I had with the, with the story. story. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm trying to just this one through i mean one thing i like um, is like it makes him out to be the bad guy now and that's how he isn't you know again for the longest time he's like jay jonah jameson is always out to get spider-man like he's a bad guy he's a menace he turns people against him and i like that i'm, I'm excited to see what like the next spider-man's gonna be like where people don't like him or trust him so i like that how they threw all that in there it's gonna be cool. Yeah, I'm interested to see where they take that. I, there's not really anything about this story that I don't like. Yeah, same here. Or that I can like pick out something that just didn't fit. Everything kind of really like fit really well. Like how Peter was just kind of like more or less going through like post-traumatic stress and just wanting to take a break from the superhero deal but having to be pulled into it again yeah all that made sense to me absolutely him trying to win over mj and taking on or becoming an iron man's protege yeah and all this other stuff like all of it fit really well there was nothing that didn't. The only thing that I think was just more super convenient bullshit was the the suit building thing in the jet. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I had like zero issues with the story. I'm thinking 95 too. That's what I'm sitting on. Okay. 95. All right. You cool with that, Vic? Yeah, I'll give that one to you. <clears throat> okay. All right. Cool. All right, Ninety-five. If it wants to work for you, there we go. Yep. 
All right, writing. This was also pretty. It's very strong. Yeah, I think it's a little bit below the story because of the Ned, Ned and Betty relationship. It was funny. They kind of keep it like, but yeah, they kind of keep it uh, awkward. You can hear babes as so many times before it starts getting annoying. Yeah. So, so say ninety-two, ninety-three. Sit. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I'm sitting at ninety-two. I can go ninety-two. I can too. Because <laughs> I think the writing is great. I I agree with you. Like some of like the the kid scenes, like you know where they're kind of being awkward teens it it just it was a little it seemed a little forced in some parts but yeah <clears throat> agreed so um so the scene like the one that i felt was like really really awkward was actually the most awkward of all of the scenes was when spider-man's getting his new stealth suit and the the guy comes in and he's like, oh, and takes a picture yeah. of him? That was so weird. Well, I mean, if he liked MJ too, I mean, it's kind of like the perfect moment to be like, hey, look at what kind of person Peter Parker is. Yeah. He just, you know, like sleeps with anybody that he finds. Yeah, but it also felt really freaking weird that he's just like, I think that was kinda, oh, hey. I think that was kind of the point Yeah, for it to feel weird. Okay, fair enough. Just because it was written that way doesn't mean I'd like it. <laughs> so we're saying 92? Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to go with 92. All right, moving on to acting. So we split it up into six different categories, or six different people. So first off, obviously, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Then Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Slash Quentin Beck. Slash Quentin Beck. Zendaya as MJ, <coughs> Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, and Jacob Batalone as Ned. So, let's start off with Tom Holland. I want to give him a hundred so bad. I, I would be okay. With I actually that. would too. Right. But you know what? I would almost be willing to like give him. And Jake Gyllenhaal about the same because both of those guys did awesome. I'm the same way. Because Jake, Gyll- yeah, like I said, I'm... Jake Gyllenhaal for the longest time I thought was going to actually be a good guy. Yeah, they were both spectacular. They were. They were absolutely incredible. Spider-Man, like this actually feels like a Spider-Man that I can relate oh, yeah. to. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, um... Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man seemed a little too cool guy. Yeah. And then Tobey Maguire just seemed like a 40-year-old in high school. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you that one. And, like, super smart and everything. And Tom Holland's Peter Parker and Spider-Man are – they he is really smart, but he's also really nerdy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely and gets both like, of them. kind of a geek. Yeah. Like he like he's geeking out to a uh, Quentin about like the multiverse and everything. He's like, sorry, it's just it's just like really yeah. cool, like all the all the stuff. I yeah. love how Quentin's like never apologized for being the smartest person in the room. That was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, would you? So, so I really liked his portrayal. Yeah. 
like I said, I almost want to give them both about the same score because they both did. I think Caleb wrote down. Uh, looks like we're giving both of them a hundred. I'm yeah. yeah. I'm one hundred percent fine with that. Yeah. So yeah, Tom Holland, his Spider Man is just awesome. Fair like quippy. Yeah. And I love that. And he's like smart. Yeah. Like, I know he like, has all, all the stuff that, that I've read about. Yeah. yeah, like I know a lot of people love to argue, oh, Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man just because he was the original. Yeah, he was the original, but that doesn't make him the best one. Right. Yeah. To me, Tom Holland is the closest we've ever had to the comic books, which I love. He's the right age. He knows this character. He's even said he'll play this character till the day he can't walk anymore. And I am perfectly fine oh, with yeah. that. Dude, if, if they, they do that... that they can even do the old man Deadpool and old man Spidey comic where Spider-Man's swinging in a wheelchair. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. That would be amazing. But yeah, just I love Tom Holland so much as Spider-Man. He is my he's my all-time favorite Spider-Man. Just I literally every time I see him, I just love him on screen. Yeah. He's just spectacular. Yeah, his acting is exactly. his acting's very on point with with, you know, with that character. So I agree. <clears throat> like, yeah, like I said, everything you want in Spider-Man and Peter Parker, Tom Holland portrays perfectly. Yes, absolutely. So, like I said, like I think we all agree we're willing to give him a hundred. Yes, I'm. I'm willing to give him and Jake Gyllenhaal a hundred. I'm too. Yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal, now he was. Everything you'd want Mysterio to be, mm-hmm. he, he was intimidating. He had like he had the fishbowl. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot more than I thought he would. Dude, that was something I did not think we would get to see. I didn't think they could pull it off, but they really did. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Like even when he wasn't like when he was just Quentin Beck. Yeah, and was doing like all the illusion stuff from the bridge. Yeah. He even had, like, that bowl. Yeah. And I really liked that, like, that he was controlling everything, that he wasn't putting himself in any real danger, that he was, like, getting ready, like, okay, now it's time to get ready and switch. Yeah. Yeah, I did really appreciate that he was literally, like, in a motion cap suit. That, That was so cool. That was way cool. So, I think we can all agree... Jake Gyllenhaal, 100. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Moving on to Zendaya as MJ. Um, I like where she's taking the character. Yeah. A little bit. I don't She's definitely making it her own. Yeah. I kind of like this rendition. I do, too. I don't have a big fan. No? I actually, I actually don't I mind I like... it. It's taken a little bit, but I think... My second time around seeing this movie, I actually do like where, like, like, like Rose said, I, I like where she's taking it. <clears throat> I don't like all the dark shit. Like, yeah, she can be nerdy and really like interested in like the the historic stuff of like the bridges that they were at or the cities that they were in, but the reasons that she liked that shit was weird. Yeah. I mean, I think Peter's going to kind of bring out the more um I guess you could say girly side that we're used to seeing for MJ, but 
That's true. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get the MJ from the comics no. in this one. No, I, I think this I don't one think is we the should. Kristen Dunst. Or, yeah, Kirsten yeah, Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten? Okay. So, yeah. She was the most um, comic book accurate MJ because yeah. MJ was supposed to be an actress or a. Yeah, you're right. An actress. Uh, an aspiring actress or a supermodel. Yeah. This one, I think, is going. they're going to take the reporter route. Kind of like what we got in Spider-Man PS4. That's Spider-Man PS4 is honestly my favorite MJ we've ever had. Oh, me too. I love her in that game. Yeah, so I think that's the MJ we're going to get. I'm with, totally fine with that. Yeah. I so I'm I'm not putting her up with I Tom would, Holland. I wouldn't either. I think her acting is a little awkward. And I think that's just how she's supposed to be. Yeah. But it's also overly awkward, I feel, at times. Do you yeah. still feel like she's kind of acting like she's still on Disney Channel? A little bit. Okay. I, I get, still get very Disney Channel vibes from her. I'll give and you I that. still don't know what it is, but she bugs the shit out of me. But she seems so cool. Yeah, she's like one of the nicest people yeah. you can meet. I know. And then maybe I'm just an asshole and don't I like positive people. I think you're just an people. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're just an asshole. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So, what are you thinking for a grade? I'm at like an 80. 80? Yeah. That's around where I was sitting at. I could... What about you, Vic? Uh, I'd be okay with an 80. I can maybe be talked up to like 85. I'm not going to. Yeah, I think I would sit at just 80. Okay, that's no, that's fine. I, I'm saying I, I'm saying that I can probably be convinced to give to, you know, give that to give that score. I get, but yeah. I would be more at okay. eighty. Yeah. Okay, moving on to Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Fantastic as always. Yeah. This is a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> because is. you're supposed, I'm supposed to grade him like. Talos playing Nick Fury, true, <laughs> so, but it's not actually him. That's so true. it's kind of like you're grading Ben Mendelsohn playing Samuel L. Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think he did a really good job. <laughs> he really did. He, no, he yeah, really he did. did. I think he's definitely better than Zendaya. Well, oh, but is that even a like little... a question? Well, because I was thinking. Well, keep like, in mind too, he's been there. Keep in mind that Talos has been there since the '90s, for all we know. True. Uh, just dressed as somebody else, or anybody, any one of the other Shield agents that's always been around. Uh, okay, Nick, now that they've Fury introduced and, and them, the now they've introduced them into the MCU. Like it's trippy thinking that, like, oh, where could they have been this whole time? <laughs> Like, oh, were they that S.H.I.E.L.D. member? Were they that Avenger? Like, what's real anymore? Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm thinking around 85. I'm act- That's actually the number yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, I would give you that, too. Yeah. Because yeah, I feel, like I said, definitely better than Zendaya, but it also he also had that awkwardness it didn't really feel like yeah. nick like that's what my whole thing was like if this was nick fury i would have said like 
He doesn't feel like Nick Fury, but he's not. <laughs> this is irritating me because he did a really good job of portraying not Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. John Favreau as Happy Hogan. He did really good. I, yeah, I think he's been pretty consistent. Yeah, with... I've never had a problem with his performance. Yeah. The Aunt May relationship came out of freaking nowhere. I feel bad, though, because he's like, oh, yeah, we're dating. And she's like, no, no, it's kind of just like a summer summer fling. It's on and off. We don't really know where it's going. But Yeah, clear, clearly nobody else in that room has talked about yeah. it. So She's like, whatever happens, we'll still be friends. I'm like, I feel bad for you, Happy. I know. I was just like, oh, right. damn. Loving the blip beard, though. Oh, the no. blip beard? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> So what are you what are you thinking for him? Because I think he's a little bit below Zendaya. Really? A little bit. I mean, yes, he didn't have the same amount of screen time as her. I don't know if I want to rate John Favreau low than an eighty. Cause he still was really yeah, good. Yeah, I was gonna say it. I was gonna say if I'm going off of quality of his I mean, even in Iron Man, like, he's just kind of a um, you know, he's kind of that that comic relief. Yeah. Kind of supposed to. Okay, I think you guys talked me out. So what? So, I mean, I'll do whatever he's you meant two to agree do. On. I would put him a little. Um, I don't know. Would you guys put him a little higher than Zendaya? What did we give Zen- An Zendaya? I'm thinking 85. So the same as Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Up to you. I, I, I can agree with that. As much as I love John Favreau, and I think he did a great job in this movie. Yeah. I can give him an 85. Alright, I guess we're giving him an 85. If okay. she was included, I could honestly probably give Marissa Tomei that same score. Maybe a little lower. I'd say a little lower. It's like 83, would you yeah. say? Okay, if we did include If her, we did, but we're not. Yeah. Um, okay, lastly, Jacob Batalone as Ned. I so I thought it was interesting that he, you know, like had a uh, relationship with wasn't it Betty? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would have been really cool if we could have seen him as a bachelor in like Italy trying to pick up girls and everything. That would have been really funny to see Ned trying to do that. Yeah, I think that would have been really funny. I really like that they didn't do that. I am too. Because it just. The way that he was talking, like, we're going to be bachelors, yeah. and then he comes off the plane with a girlfriend. Saying, I, I, was, I was a boy on the plane. I am now a man, Peter. <laughs> uh, I I kind of want to go lower than Zendaya for him, though. Like, just, if if not the same, maybe a little bit lower. I'm okay with that. I am, too. What, like, how much lower are we, we talking? I'm I'm thinking like 77. Yeah, I'd give you that. I could give you that too. That's that's being nice. If I wanted to, I'd I'd say maybe 75. He was a lot better in the being first nice. one. Or in Homecoming. Yeah. Okay. So, giving him a 77, that brings our acting grade to an 87.8. Which I think is Okay. It's fair. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah. 
Okay, moving on to character development. I think we're going to go with who had the best arc. Or the most significant one. Spidey. Yeah. I was going right. to joke around and say Ned, but... <laughs> I was trying to think of like a Gosh. character that'd be even funnier than that, but I couldn't think of one. J. Jonah Jameson. There you go. Or you could uh-huh. honestly say MJ. She had somewhat... Not, not really. Not but, really. Yeah, I know. It'd more so be a funny joke. Yeah. But, but it's, it's definitely, definitely between Spidey and Mysterio. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give it to Spidey. I am too, because Mysterio still turns out to yeah. be a bad guy. He was just putting on yeah, a whole Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, he just had his... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Spidey... So, this is just for this movie. Not talking about Homecoming or right. Civil War. Right. So, he started out with this, just kind of doing his Spider-Man duties, but wanting to take a break from it with his vacation mm-hmm. and then just kind of realizing that Spider-Man is just, isn't something like it isn't a job yeah. that you can take a vacation from. It's he's not really friendly neighborhood Spider-Man anymore. Yeah. He's, he's definitely gone past that. The Avenger Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I loved how um, towards like the ending uh, when he's on the plane with uh happy, he's just like, just shows how amazing Tom Holland's acting is and how he's like saying like everyone wants me 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 to be the next Iron Man but I just don't know if I can do it. I don't feel I'm up for it. I'm a 16-year-old kid. Like how can I do this? Yeah. He did a really good job with that. And I think near the end he's like what Happy says like he doesn't want you to be the next Iron Man. You need to be the next or you need to be Spider-Man. Yeah. And I think that's when he kind of faces the fact that he has to be Spider-Man all the time. There's no quitting or taking a break when someone needs your help. So, and then he gets his own suit and everything and creates that and puts all the cool features on it and whatnot. And I really liked how they did that. I did too. Like, I even really liked the conversation he was having with Mysterio. Like, that little heart-to-heart. Yeah, that was really good. Like, how he's just like, you know, I I know this makes me sound like a jerk, but I literally just wanted to come on vacation, hang out with my friends, and, uh, you know, tell the girl that I really like that, you know, I want to spend time with her. I didn't ha- plan on having to save the world, and that's something... It's not something I want to do. Like, I didn't even pack my suit. My aunt stunk, uh, snuck it into my bag. Like, I had no plans at all being Spider-Man on this trip. And I liked how it was a lot of just struggling with that. Yes. And then also having to deal with Iron Man basically naming him his heir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, only that, like, losing somebody that people are kind of thinking Iron Man might be taking the role of Uncle Ben for him. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, in this it MCU, definitely felt like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I almost wish that he would have broken Edith or not kept Edith. How come? Because I, f- 
with the Spider-Man that I know, he's always kind of been his own person. He's always done his own thing. He's never been an Avenger. Like he's come and helped the Avengers. He's teamed up with them. Like he's and all this other stuff. But he's always been just Spider-Man. Yeah. He's never been the Avenger Spider-Man. He's kind of like a lone wolf Spider-Man. Yeah. Like he's just kind of been like a freelance superhero. Yeah. And I wish that he they would have continued that where he's like I don't have to take on Iron Man or I don't have to become the next Iron Man. I'm just going to be Spider-Man. Yeah. And then he just gets his suit. And that's that. And like then I would like to have seen him kind of have his own little workshop. That would have been cool. I just hope they keep this new suit because I love this new suit so much. I think they're going to change it around a little bit. Damn it. But I do see them keeping the suit. I think as it's just, I think it's just the going general to get upgraded. Idea. Okay, as long as they keep the general idea of the suit alive, then I'll be okay. Right. Um, yeah, I, I really liked how... Like, that's something that I wish that they would have taken that turn. Yeah. But we obviously didn't get it. No. So but what I still... did you think about, like, with how his development was? Overall, I loved the development that they gave uh, Peter yeah, with this. Sorry, I didn't mean to take that. No, you're good. No, no, you can go ahead. Um, No, I was going to say, I think that you guys kind of hit the nail on the head with that where... You know, he, you see that, that change, it's very, like, it's reluctant still, but you see him, like, kind of accepting, accepting the, you know, his role as, not just as Spider-Man, not just as, you know, I guess you could say the next Tony Stark or the next head of the Avengers kind of thing, sort of thing, but um, just realizing, like you said, like, it's not his like his is not a job that can be taken a break from, you know what I mean? Like you can't take a break from it. Um, you know, Nick Fury gives his own rendition, or I guess technically Tony gives his own rendition of, you know, with great responsibility or great power comes great responsibility. And, you know, it's uh uneasy lies the head that wears the crown kind of thing, you know? So it's like, he, he's definitely uneasy. He's definitely reluctant, but he's taking that on, and he's he's kind of realizing that. But it's it's a hard pill to swallow, kind of thing. Would you say the uh, with, with great power comes great responsibility? Would you say it's when uh, Fury is like, "You got gifts, Parker. It's up to you to to decide if you use them or how you use them, or something like that." More or less, say, yeah. Okay. I'd like to hear him get that from I somewhere. Would, I would too. Because that is just an iconic saying. Of How would you yeah. feel if it came from either Happy or uh, Aunt May? I wouldn't be upset at all if it came from Aunt May. I think it would actually be a great character moment for Aunt May. But you know yeah. what? It Again, I think that's them using Tony Stark as like the Uncle Ben kind of figure. Where it's like... Because it technically... I mean, like I said, it came from Tony. Not It's not really Nick Fury telling him... That's kind That's of true. like some last minute thing. Like even he says, Tony said you wouldn't get that because it's not a Star Wars quote, or it's not from Star Wars. Yeah. So it's like it still comes from it still comes from him, still comes from Tony. But so where are we sitting at with 
character development because I'm in the high 90s. I am too. Uh, yeah, yeah, it has to be in the 90s. Absolutely. Like in like a 95. I don't. I think that there was a lot of struggle. Like it didn't. I don't think that they show like did like all the potential that they could have taken him. I think he's still kind of like I think what he did when he sought out to and filled kind of the Iron Man ish role, but not obviously Iron Man. He's like doing his own Iron Man thing in his Spider Man way. So I feel it maybe a little lower than ninety five. Because I feel they could have taken him somewhere that was like full, like, I'm not Iron Man, I'm Spider-Man. 93. And this... I'm, that's what I was going to say. That's around what I was thinking. Like, I was going to say 92, but I could be talked up to 93. I say we do 93. 93? Yes. Yeah. Vic? Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to music. So this one is graded out of 10. The music wasn't like super outstanding in this one. No, it wasn't. Nothing really stuck out to me. Yeah. The Okay, the the ending song I thought was cool because it was Vacation. Yeah. That, that was pretty cool. And like the opening song was kind of funny. That was that kind of like threw me through a loop. I'm like, wait, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh, and then they show like the tribute to the fallen heroes. I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was sitting around maybe an eight. I I'd, I'd give you that. Okay. What are you thinking? Yeah, I could I could be talked up to eight. Okay. Well. Yeah, because I think seven's just a little too harsh on something that's not quite outstanding i think yeah. like eight should be the baseline for something that's it wasn't like awful but it wasn't great right like nothing stuck out yeah so yeah i agree all right going back to out of a hundred with effects and then you said you had issues with some so of yeah the... so i had two problems with the effects uh, one was when uh it's spider-man aunt may at that uh homeless uh shelter banquet or something whatever mm-hmm. they had right um the just the head of the iron spider looked way it looked off yeah. compared to the body. The body looked way too big for the head. So I wish they would have catched that in post production because that just like bugged the hell out of me, and that's gonna bug me every single time I watch the movie now. <laughs> uh, and then the other scene is when um, they're in Italy and uh, Mysterio's fighting the water monster, and Peter's trying to help out. But, you know, he forgot his his Spidey costume, so he's just wearing the mask. But when it's just, like, Peter swinging in his regular clothes, I don't know if you guys caught this, but it looks – some parts you could definitely tell it was, like, yeah. just CGI Peter. No, yeah. It didn't I, look like – Agreed. So, I don't know. Those are really the only two moments that, like, stuck out to me. The others looked great. Everything else with Peter swinging looked fantastic. Yeah. So what would just for those two scenes I would dock it. So what would you what would you grade it? Because it sound I I had those two uh, exact I guess you could say problems with it. So I mean, what would you say? Because it sounds like you and me, Rose, are kind of sitting in the same yeah um, same boat. I don't know. Like I want to say, like maybe in like the seventies is a little too harsh, or is it? 70s are, is still 
fairly good. I but mean, the question she, is like, do those two scenes kill it that much? I was gonna say, I don't, I don't know that it kills it that much for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would maybe like the low eighties. I'm just thinking like seventy five with those two, because there were some very rubbery looking scenes mm-hmm. with Mysterio. Like, yes, it was absolutely badass, but they did have quite a bit of the rubbery looking Spider Man. Oh really? Those, yeah, because yeah. did you not notice with his um with his homecoming suit, the sweatpants? Yeah, I, it looked like that was all CGI. A lot of it. Yeah, I, I guess a lot of that, that did too. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch it again. Now. I wouldn't be surprised okay if that. that entire sequence was CGI. Why does Marvel have to make the Spidey suit CGI? Is it really that hard to just make it? Or like put it like just on screen? Well, it's that's I don't think that's their issue. I don't think their issue is putting it on screen. It's the movement. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man has a very flexible, like true, almost cartoony way of moving. Yeah. So I don't think that they can get Tom Holland to do that. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely come a far away from how it looked in Civil War. At least there's that. Very true. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking seventy five, ish. I could honestly give it. I don't know, like, like a seventy eight. I can go to like seventy seven. I was thinking seventy six. I can give you a seventy six. Seventy six. Yeah. What do you Vic? say, Vic? Seventy seven. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be as unbiased as possible. I feel like you guys are like messing with me now for the whole Captain America thing, but uh, back for Endgame. Just a little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, we would have done that with character development. That's true. I guess guess you would have. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess I could could see it being about that 77, like 76, 77. I'd go 76 if you guys. Outvoted, outvoted me. Yeah, he'll put seventy six. Okay. Yep, seventy six. It is. <laughs> he can't be talked up to seventy seven. All right. Asshole. What? <laughs> hey, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, this one's out of ten. Costumes. This one is really damn good. It is. Yeah. I. The uh, whole stealth suit. It looked way better in the movie than it did like in any promos oh, yeah. or anything. Oh, absolutely. So it, I, my score went up from what it was originally before I saw the movie. I, I especially liked the suit that he makes with the little like webbing under his arms, because that's like the old dude. That's like in the old comics, like how he's got that. I loved that. I thought that was really cool. Well, that like that, just the color scheme of that suit is a tribute to how he originally looked. I love it so much. The red and black, like that's originally how he was colored. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. And then they threw in the blue later. Have you played the... That suit, playing it in the new Spider-Man game is just, oh, just swinging around the city in that suit just makes me so damn happy. I could play that game for hours just swinging in that suit. So what are we thinking? Not the only like the only costume that I have an issue with is when he just threw the mask on with the in uh what was it Venice 
they were in. Oh, uh, oh, like the whole Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah the, the Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. That's the only one. That yeah, I had but I mean, like that's all with. he literally had. On I know, him, but they. I feel like he could grab something else. I think yeah. that was just more played for I mean, laughs. Did, like with the stealth suit, did like the eyes, like how they like popped up? Did that look weird to anybody else? A little weird. I, I mean, I think okay. they did that just so he doesn't have to show any of his face, trying to keep the, you know, secrecy alive. Yeah, it felt very Catwoman-y. It did, but considering like, okay, so like the headpiece goes over like the ski mask. If it's kind of like that far off of his eyes, is it really still able to blink like that? I mean, it could just be sensing his eyes. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. All right, fine. <laughs> So uh, I'm saying like a nine. That's I would give it, yeah, that. I'd give it a nine too. All right. Lastly, our overall genre grade. So this was a superhero action movie. We decided, and I felt it fit really, really well. It yeah. Great superhero movie, great action. Yeah, we got a lot of Spider-Man action that I don't like. That I didn't think that we'd ever be able to get to see. Like with like what? So remember the uh, the scene where he's like trying to keep that wall from falling, and he is running up, and he like jumps over, and then jumps through the window, and then like oh yeah yeah yeah. That oh yeah, tower. through it and then start spinning his webs. Yeah, I loved that. That was awesome. And then just with him, uh, also like trying to keep the building up and sliding and like issues that you would think Spider-Man would have, like n- not being able to get proper traction and slipping and hitting his face and shit. <laughs> so funny. Oh. <laughs> Poor kid gets hit twice. <laughs> yeah. So I loved that. And then. Like, just the homages to other, like, comic book things with uh, Mary Jane being on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, obviously, that was a Green Goblin thing first. But still. But you still got that, like, homage to it. Uh, Mysterio was just an amazing villain. Yeah. I also liked how uh, when uh, it's Peter and Happy on the plane, when uh, Happy's sewing him up. How he's like, well, wait, I thought you had super strength. He's like, it still hurts. Still hurts yeah. I like how they pointed out. Yeah, I like how they point out that no, you know, Peter Parker is not invincible. Shit still hurts him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I loved all of that. Like, like you said, he still gets hurt. Like, he's still relatable. Yeah. In this, he's the mo- he's one of like probably the top three most relatable superheroes there are in the comics. Absolutely. So I'm 100% comfortable giving this this a high 90. I am too. Yeah. 95. Because I think this I don't is. Know, I could be talked up. Talk higher, you up to 97. I'm fine with a 95. Yeah, can we? <laughs> 96. I I think I can do 96. Okay. okay. Right. We tried, Vic. Tried. All right, 96. And that brings our final score to a B plus. Wow. A very, very strong B plus. I would honestly say it should be a soft A minus. What's what's the what's me. the actual score? Eighty nine. 
89.35. So just one point, and it would be an A minus. Actually, less than one point, and it would be an A minus. This might be the first time I actually disagree with yeah. our score. I'm sorry. Even I think the percentage? Because yeah. I think the percentage is spot on. I No, it... it I don't know. I think it deserves an A minus, dude. Like I'm sorry. I I know this is what we gave it, yeah. but I don't, I don't know. This is the first time we don't, I don't make the rules. <laughs> I know we you don't. Just this is the first time I dis. Yeah, this is the first time I disagree with an all bro score. I'm sorry. I think this movie deserves to be an A minus. <sighs> I do too. But the effects, dude. The effects are yeah. What the killed effects it. kill it. <laughs> Okay, just for like shits and giggles, I'm not saying we do change it, but if you bump up the effects to like a 77 or a 78. 78? All right, yeah. let's see. It put, puts it to an 89.6, so it's still a B, B plus. Okay, okay, never mind. So it's well-deserved. It's so a well-deserved. You would have to bump, you would have yeah. to bump, yeah, you would have to bump the effects up like an significantly. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I've, I'm comfortable doing that. Like I'll what? That. What is so B B plus? So B plus is yeah, a ninety would be an A minus. So it is seriously less than one point away from being an A minus. I can't remember what Rotten Tomatoes gave it. I'm gonna see really quick. We might have been hard. Yeah, I think so because it was worked, it was like in the ninety high nineties. I think if I remember. It's. It's an exact 90% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my gosh, we're one point <laughs> off. Less than one point off. Okay. We're spot freaking on. Okay. All right, I'm a little more forgiving <laughs> okay. now. Audience score, though, is 96. Okay, so that's probably what I was thinking. Well, yeah. That's, that's probably what I, the score I was yeah. thinking of then was the audience, not the critic. Dude, that's what we gave the genre grade. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that's funny. So... You may disagree with it. I don't. I think we're spot. I think it's well deserved. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's a great sequel. It is an amazing sequel. And I just really hope that John Watts comes back for the third one. Please. And please make Craven amazing. Because I love Craven. I don't know a lot know a lot about the character, but I'll probably read up on him if they do decide to make him the main baddie of this movie this next movie. I want to do reading on him like more, just because. I want to do more reading on Mysterio now. I really want to dive into that character yeah. a lot more. So, like we said, uh, the final grade was a B plus, sitting less than a single point away from being an A minus. But we don't make the rules. I mean, it is our show, and we do create everything that we do on here, but we don't make the rules. <laughs> as much as to Rose's dismay. Yeah. So, I believe that concludes this week's episode. I believe it does. Yeah, so next week... Actually, I'll get into that later. So, if you like this episode want to check out more, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, this new radio.com app thing, I think. Maybe I haven't actually checked for up there yet. <laughs> We're also on Spotify. All of our content also gets uh, released on YouTube. 
and new videos will be headed your way very, very soon. Yeah, we actually mean it this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we say that every week, but this time is it's actually true. We're 99% sure. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Albros or on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, just search for our handle at the Albros. Uh, if you have something something you want us to discuss in the next episode or a movie we should see, uh, be sure to email us at channel at gmail.com or you can fill out our form on our website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros. Next week is episode 75 of the podcast, so we decided to do something a little special. So we're doing a showdown next week of all the Avengers Endgame Funko Pops that we know of. Is it all of them? I think it is. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so it's pretty, It's all of them. If we didn't catch one, whoops. Yeah. So we are going to be releasing a video of our showdown happening, and we hope we can get it set up decent. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so our question of the week for that, uh, what's your favorite Endgame Funko Pop? Yeah, there we go. And I think I already know oh, your yeah. answer, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> FYE yep. Thor. <laughs> Excellent choice. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, look forward to that next week. And until then... Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> I dropped my pen. <laughs> he also stabbed himself. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, um, what was I saying? Until oh, we're then. signing off. Yeah. <laughs> Until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast featuring Crash and Taz's movie Thank seller. you. Thank you guys for having me on. I I do. Yeah, so tell us where the people can find uh, you. So you can catch uh, myself and my co-host Taz or Roger. You can catch us on um, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, um, Google Podcasts, a few other ones. Um, we iTunes? Uh, not yet. I am still kind of working on all of that. It's kind of tough because I do um, – like as far as the recording goes and social media, I kind of take care of everything. <laughs> um, so it, gotcha. it's it's just kind of a big load. I we can actually be contacted on Instagram. It's Crash and Taz Movie Seller with uh, underscores in between each word, and it's Crash the letter N Taz Movie Seller um, for Instagram. And we actually just recently got on Twitter. Like just finally jumped. Uh, jumped on board the uh, the Twitter the Twitter train and uh, we're on there as Crash and Taz movie seller and uh, so I mean really we we take suggestions as well I'm actually gonna um, let Crash or not Crash I'm Crash I'm gonna let Taz know about the uh, <laughs> um, what did you which one did you say big we talk about doing big on an episode so I think we'll We'll have yeah. to look into that one. That'll yeah, be a fun one. I, I really enjoyed that movie when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, that's how we can be re- how we can be listened to and reached. We definitely have some backlogged episodes as well. So um, definitely don't need to hear any of the pre any old ones to know what we're talking about because each episode is a new episode. So yeah, 
Very nice. nice. All right. Well, be sure to go subscribe to them and us while you're at it. Yeah. And until next time, I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. I'm Vic. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't know Vic. if you wanted me in that sign-off, but yeah, I'm Vic. <laughs> <laughs> we want all our guests in gotcha. all of our sign-offs. Yes. Which we should have specified before we started, but there you go. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll catch you guys next time. Deuces. Au revoir. That was awful. What the shit was that? I don't know. I was trying to make Herbert sound French. It didn't really go so well. No, it did not. (laughs) (laughs) Work on it for next week. All right. Whatever.